The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. My next guest, I'm presuming, is Washford born and bred as well. Would I be right, Karen? Yeah. Yes. Um, she's encouraging women to say yes to you by hosting an evening of inspiration in Washford City this week. Karen Whelan is also known as, as the solution therapist and she's been in studio here on the Sunday Grill a number of times, but so much has happened since we talked to Karen and she joins me in studio to fill me in on our upcoming event and much more. You're very welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me. Hi to everyone. Hello. Now, where do we start? Let's end on the event will we do that we'll talk about the event towards the end but let's start by talking about you because I was on your Instagram and there you were in Las Vegas <laughs> signing books not even at not even at a you know Cirque du Soleil event or off to see Elton John you were signing books <laughs> tell I us know. everything oh sure where do I even start you know um that's why it's linked to the talk. I, okay. I said yes to me in the during the pandemic. You know, I was like, I want to do something. I, I need to give myself into something. But I did not know what that would be. And then lo and behold. Can we just stop there for one second? I always think that's really interesting saying yes to me. <laughs> How do I say this? If I was to say yes to me, I don't know what I would be saying yes to. So what was going on in your life that you felt you needed to say yes to you? I felt that I had this creative energy and this energy wanted to be put somewhere and did that you feel I wanted... something was about to happen to you is that yeah what you felt? it was okay. like it was like um it was an intensity inside of me it was the sense of I'm bored with the way everything is okay it's not fulfilling me it's not sustaining me there's more to me as a person and I want to but I didn't know what that would look like. I just knew. I kept going, there's more to me. But what do I do with the sense of more inside of me? And then I would go into my morning meditations and I would be like, OK, you know what? You're just going to have to bring whatever it is to me because I'm sick of trying to find it. I felt like a needle in a haystack. I started to feel a little bit kind of like angsty and trying to figure it out all on my own in my head. So I just sat back and went into my meditation. I was like, whatever it is going to be, it's going to unveil itself to me. I'm not going to try and seek it anymore. I'm sick of seeking. So I just sat back and then out of nowhere, the invitation came from Rhonda Swan, who is my business mentor, you could call her. Um, she invited me to come on the Women Gone Wild Summit to talk. Where was this? It was it was during lockdown, but it was a live event over Bali. She's in Bali. So the summit was live um, over social media platforms and about a million people were in attendance virtually okay. watching. So I so should you were up. staying in Ireland to do that. I was in Ireland. Okay. I was in my kitchen. Okay. And she knows you as the solutions therapist, obviously, she knows and me your as business as partner. So you yeah. are known for giving these one-on-one -on -one talks, really? Yeah, she knows. She's followed kind of my page and, you know, we reached out to each other and then I spoke with her business partners. Would I be a suitable candidate for what the Women Gone Wild is all about. Okay. So they brought me on to their Women Gone Wild. So they released the Woman Gone Wild, A Guide to Fearless Living last year. Okay. And Wild represents wealth, intuition, leadership and diversity. Uh -huh. So they were coming out with the wealth edition. When I gave the speak on the summit and I loved what they represented. They're about a woman just living authentically and fearlessly in mm. life and saying yes, really, to her mm. way of being in the world. And that may be she doesn't have to fit into the status quo mm -hmm. of marriage, mm. having the house, being a mom. It mm -hmm. might be that I want something more, a bit, a bit exactly where I was at. It was like the funniest thing. This is where I was at. All of a sudden, it's shown up as I asked for in front of me. 
in a way I had not anticipated to come in. So I did my talk and then I spoke with them about, you know, being a contributor and a co-author in the wealth edition of the book. I kind of went, I know nothing about financial wealth. I mean, yeah, I'm a psychotherapist and bloody, bloody, blah, blah, but it's not that I have millions in the bank or anything. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, what could I offer? Okay. And did they mean quite literally wealth as in money and the wealth section of why? I took it okay. literally as financial wealth. Okay. And then I went, hang on a minute, isn't this a wonderful invitation for you to be feeling lack because you're thinking you don't have wealth to offer? And then I sat back and I said, well, what I do have is I have uncommon wisdom and I have uncommon wealth in terms of I know what it's like when you really come home and found yourself in a real way, how liberated you feel internally. You're not in debt to society and the status quo. Mm. You're living yourself fully and you're unafraid of your own expression. You're not seeking external validation. To me, that's genuine real Mm. wealth when we can just Mm. enjoy who we are Mm -hmm. unapologetically. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's what you can write about. If you can offer anything, you can do this. That was incredible. So I'm the only Irish author in the book. I'm writing, co-writing with Diane Wentworth, who was the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Which was huge. Huge. Yeah. And this beautiful woman who's like in her late 80s. Wow. She when was, was Chicken Soup for the Soul wrote, written then? Oh, like, that came out 80s? in the 80s in the and 80s. sold 500 million wow. copies more, you wow. know. This woman was beautiful. She was dating Elvis Presley back in the time. She came on and she did write and mentor and with us. She gave us three months of soul writing with her. And I'm sitting here with all these other wonderful women from all around the world. And this all came from Bali. This all came out this, from that part. Okay. This, this came from a crisis. Okay. <laughs> this <laughs> my crisis went like this. <laughs> I know. Mine sound incredible. They I do. know. <laughs> And yeah, this exactly came from going, what will I do? Um, and the talk in Bali. And so I'm on this journey and I'm writing as the as a co-author and we meet monthly on Zoom. And, and what's, the, what's the end goal? The next editions of this wild book or a brand new book? It's going to be the intuition is intuition. coming up okay. and then leadership and then diversity. Okay. Okay. So I've done the wealth. Okay, so you're doing intuition now. I, I'm not sure because okay. um, what's happening with the book, which they did not expect, the book, the book, our book, the wealth edition, it hit international bestseller. Um, basically within a few hours. While we were all in Vegas, it got launched. The digital book got launched. We all flew into Vegas. A lot of the authors, there's 20 authors in the Welt edition. Around 12 of us showed up in Vegas in this resort that usually costs $450 a night. We got it for $49. What? 10%? (laughs) It was like we only had to pay the tax on the room. So I'm rocking up going, oh my God, look at this place. It was extraordinary. It was so luxurious. But we discover, we hear, we hear coming in, you've reached, you know, international bestseller in over five categories. We were shocked. We were like, oh my goodness. It was a glorious event. It was an event where we showed up. We had uh, gift bags, author gift bags. It was just beautiful. 200 people showed up for the live event. And these are all people who are big business people, who are okay. high profile clients with Rhonda, who was there, would have been Lindsay Lohan's mother. Um, I'm 98 Degrees, Mick, Nick, the singer from 98 Degrees. You know, there's all these celebrities in the crowd as well. Um, we all show up on stage and we we kind of give a summary of our chapter. So I go then from Vegas, I fly to L.A. and L.A. was just incredible. We're at this 
Hollywood Hills party, Rhonda had rented out a house two doors up from Jennifer Anderson's house. And as across, you do. As you do. And across the road from Justin Bieber, big massive house that went on for miles. And I'm at this Hollywood Hills party and it's meant to be a networking event. So in other words, I have to sell myself at this business event, who I am, what I'm about. And, you know, for me, that was, I felt like a little tiny little goldfish in a big pool mm. with all these sharks. Mm-hmm. People were phenomenal in how they were able to sell themselves. Mm. And I, you know, I'm quite humble in a way. I just looked at my wonderful friend and I said, I can't do this. And she was like, are you OK? I said, it's not. Um, I said, it's not self-procrastination. It's none of that. There's a disingenuousness here mm. in the arena. I don't want to play this game. Mm. I said, you know what? I said, look, I'll just sit here. I'll, I'll talk organically to people, mm. but I'm not going up with the intention of I mm. want you to want my business. Yeah. I, I just didn't want to play it that way. And it turned out to be exactly brilliant. In the end, I had a table with people listening to the Irish jokes and two of them, which I didn't know. I think it's good when you don't know. They were the Hollywood um, film producers for Batman and Spider-Man. Okay. And they ended up then bringing me on their talk show. Wow. Yeah, they were just like, we love. And they loved what it was I spoke about and they loved my childhood story and wow. my and my trauma. And one of them, uh, Ron Russell is his name. Uh-huh. He unveiled publicly on his show because I had unveiled my childhood story. He unveiled in front of everyone. He's 84. He unveiled about his childhood trauma when he was four. And he said, I've never publicly announced it. And what's the name of that talk show if people want to see if it's on Yeah, the Jimmy Star. The Jimmy Star. Jimmy Star. Okay. Yeah. um, So I'm sitting with Jimmy Star and Ron Russell, (laughs) who, yeah, were creators in the Batman and Spider-Man movies. Oh, because you said I need something to change now. I need something to change. Wow. So the outcome of the book was we ended up then going to New York and we were the first ever real people to be put on billboards. Usually they put up models who are selling products or products and brands. So you had all these, uh, you had 12 authors flashing up on two big massive 40 foot billboards in Times Square. Um, so for me, it was like, ah, there I am. Anyone walking past, I go, that's me up there. That's me up there. <laughs> so the book now... Uh, Brown Publishing House, a big publishing company in America, came to Rhonda and asked, could they take over the rights of this book and launch it out globally? So we've now their standard is quite high. So there's a bit of editorials going on at the moment. I've gone back in to edit bits in the chapter um, and now it'll go out, which means that it'll be translated into different languages. So. This all came from sitting in my kitchen going, what am I here to do? OK, now let, <laughs> we'll talk about the event now because I think like it's very simple to say sit in the kitchen and say, what am I going to do? Your event is kind of about telling women in particular to say yes to you, but giving them mm. the tools to do that, really. Yeah. So the night is actually going to be fun. You know, I just this is my first public speaking event. You know, when I was in America and I realised here I am making people open and up. I'm I'm making people transform around me. I said, you know what? I need to come home. I need to bring what it is that I have and I want to plug it into my own community. Um, so I said, look, I'll start off with a talk based on the Women Gone Wild vibration. Mm-hmm. So saying yes to you, you know, for me, it really is sometimes we absolutely will prioritise everybody else in our life and everyone else in our life, our family, you know, our relationships. And we can... Wake up one day and look look at ourselves and go, there's more for me out mm. there. 
there's more to life. Mm -hmm. And for me, this talk in a fun way, I want it to be about where women disarm themselves, where women are not afraid of each other, not in competition with each other. Like Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by so much women who just wanted you to thrive on your success in Mm -hmm. America. And that was the difference of tonality. Over there, they were very much applauding, whereas I've recognised at times, um, and I've had it myself, where you see someone succeeding and you get jealous because you fear it's not going to happen for you. Yeah, so true. You just think this is not going to happen for Mm -hmm. me, so you can't even celebrate for them because you're terrified. Oh my God, they're having it and Mm -hmm. I don't have it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I really want to just dismantle that for women. You know, when women, for the talk, they come in, it'll be... Free bubbly on arrival. Um, I'm waiting to hear back, but the, I may have this wonderful guy who will be doing, you know, uh, frosty mocktails and okay. low calorie cocktails. <laughs> there are going to be spot prizes on the Fair. night. I'll play a little video of the Times Square event and I will just want to, you know, just uplift women and get women enjoying each other in okay. the room. Brilliant. You know, that's uh, what I want. OK, and that's this coming Thursday in Boxworks in Waterford City. Um, if you search Say Yes to You on event for Bright. There's so much to dismantle, as you said, like even the saying yes to you, I think, and then breaking it down from family, friends, all this. It's about saying yes to you, to you. innately, really, which In we a all very find deep very way. hard to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at, I've typed your name into my Google <laughs> Drive. Like you talked to me years ago about a book you were self-publishing. That was right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then your second book, Come Home to You, you yeah. made available free online. Yeah. Um, and look at you now. Look, look at, at me you now, now, Karen now Look at me now. I've look at look you at now. <laughs> Getting married in a few weeks as well. Oh, don't go there. The dress did not fit. I'm moving house. Oh, it's look. like, what am I doing look. to myself? Do you feel you're on a new chapter of your life? Or I... do you feel life it goes in chapters? I think we're very, we get a bit sentimental about our chapters. Is, is that a true I statement? I love that. No, it is. Do you know what it is? I think... As we raise our vibration, you know, because for me, you know, I'm I'm big into that as a tantric person. You know, the tantric way is you recognize the divine within everything and mm. and you really unshackle yourself, you know. And I feel, you know, that's why I'm saying yes to you. I feel the more we self-permit and the more we enjoy becoming and getting to know the truth of who we are, what happens is our life transforms around us and we get more comfortable with who we are as we get older. Mm. You know, we stop caring about Mm -hmm. the the oh I have to look a particular way I need to have the particular things but I kind of want to just bring that in for people a lot quicker rather than having to wait with the grace of wisdom of age but I think we become more wiser as life goes on Uh because we learn so much from life and our vibration rises with that awareness that consciousness the more a consciousness we evolve into the more our energies rise once our energies rise you have to attract into your life the vibration based on where you're at. Okay. So your life is an external mirror and mirror to you what's going on internally. This is why I'm very passionate about the work as a psychotherapist because the more you go in, the way out is the way in. The mm-hmm. more you go in and do and know you and work with whatever is in there, self-hate, if it's self-rejection, whatever might be the piece, pain, hurt, whatever, 
the more you work on that, not run from that, you're showing up for you and you're going to raise your vibration. And that's Great. epic. Great. Well, if that sounds like something for you, say yes to you is what you need to search for on Eventbrite. Um, it's on this th- coming Thursday in Boxworks in Waterford City. And you can check it out on Say Yes to You on Eventbrite. And you can find Karen on Instagram as well. She is the Solutions Therapist. Thanks for coming Thank in this you. morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, financial advisor Owen McGee is back when we really do need him and he's a brand new series called Streetwise. He's the man who taught us, of course, how to be good with money. And he's now helping entire communities help themselves and they're looking for you to get involved and Owen joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning with more details. Hi, Owen. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you getting on? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. Isn't life is kind of different and there's lots of things going on. But yeah, in general, things are good. Are you busier than ever because of all this inflation and, you know, people have having less money and everything? Yeah, I suppose I, I wear a couple of different hats. So I have the private practice and then mm. I have all the stuff I do in the media and everything else. And and then, you know, social media has become a bit of a full time job, mm, too. So Instagram, Instagram and particularly I could do a thing on a Saturday morning and um, it'll probably be still up on my story on Instagram mm. um, now. But what, what I do is, is I ask, I throw up a question box on a Saturday morning and I say, ask me a question. And people ask their question privately okay. and I can respond publicly and you can see the question, but you can't Brilliant. see who asked it. Okay. So for a country for a country that doesn't talk about money, it's starting to get a country to talk about money, which great. is great. But you, one of the things you see there is the team there tends to be what's really in people's minds in any given day or any given week. Uh-huh. And it's just so much at the moment. Inflation, what I do about interest rates going up. And it's, it's all pointing back to I feel squeezed. Mm. And that's what everyone is feeling at the moment. And it is a real insight into what's immediate on people's oh, financial... Totally financial horizon I suppose uh-huh. and it is it gives you great insight but people are scared and there's a lot of people out there who are very scared about where things are going and the reason why we're scared is because we don't know what's going to happen well that's exactly we're scared and of. that's what I was going to ask you because I think people listen to financial advisors on the radio and think that they have this magic ball that they look into the future and can tell but did you have an inkling in any way when we were in the pandemic like the amount of money I saved in the pandemic? The holiday I had last September, I will never have that again. Did you see that mm. this could happen, you know, that this was coming? Uh, so, like one of the things that I think, and if we're talking about financial advisors, financial planners, economists, whoever they are, some of them on the radio go on the radio and they talk about how they know what's going to happen. Mm. Nobody knows what's going to happen. No, they're they all don't. guessing. or they're, yeah. they're, they're guessing about what it is and it, it can sound like a very educated guess. But the reality is, is we did, when you, hindsight is a great way of mm. making yourself look brilliant, right? But when you think about where we were, we were in a pandemic, the entire world was locked down. If you wanted to spend money, you had to go to great efforts mm-hmm. to do it. Okay, so that's the first thing to realize. And now, usually what happens is, is when an economy is shrunk like that, when you're really squeezed and and there's no activity, usually what happens is, is the activity starts to grind up again and it slowly starts to open up again and things start to get get going again and and the world starts to move. And that's usually what happens. Mm. What happened this time was we went from shut to open more or less overnight Mm. across the entire world all at the same time. And what drives up inflation is demand and supply Mm. so if there's a huge amount of demand for anything right and there's very little supply the people who are demanding it are willing to pay a bit more for it so the price of it goes up 
Now, if there's a huge amount of supply and no demand for it, the price of it comes down. That's just inflation 101. That's all it is. So if you think about it, the world went from no demand to full on 100% demand overnight, all at the same time as this pandemic was being dealt with. Yeah. And and that's what's happened to us. So it it is easy to see it in hindsight that it was obvious that it was going to happen. Mm. But like, but yeah, did we realize nobody could have foreseen this time last year or 18 months ago how the pandemic was going to be kind of normalized? And even though it's still out there, we're coping with it much better than we were. And mm-hmm. yes, there are still people who are struggling big time with COVID and everything else. And I'm I'm not I'm not diminishing that in any way. But we're as a but as a population we're dealing with it differently. And the economy is open and it looks like it's set to stay open. Um we don't have any signs that it's not going to change. Yeah. So therefore demand is massive. Yeah. And demand is huge. And all we have to do is look at the queues in Dublin Airport. People mm-hmm. haven't been away for two years. You mm-hmm. had your lovely holiday last September. People haven't been away for two years. Oh, totally. And, and the price of the my flight now. last September was like a third of the price I would have expected. So, yeah, yes. it's so true. It is all about yeah. demand and supply. We see that with housing as well. Um, let's try go on this Try go on this September. Oh, I won't, it won't be, be a third of what you expected. Don't you worry. I won't be that soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Owen, talking about being locked down, the ridiculous things I bought during the pandemic. It's a bit of an addiction in a way. Isn't there that kind of buzz of being able to buy something online? There's a pair of leopard print runners in my cupboard that will always be my shame of the pandemic, you know? But I talked I talked about this in um, in my second book, which is a book called How to Make Your Money Work. Mm-hmm. But it, in that book, I talk about this mad thing that we people do to ourselves, right? So you go out in the morning and you buy, you're going shopping for the day and you go out and you buy something and you say, Oh, I got the endorphin rush buying that. And then for the rest of the day, you chase the same endorphin rush for buying something. Oh, that was a great deal. Or I mm-hmm. love that. Or I think that looks great to me. Right. And you come home at the end of the day, you plonk yourself on the couch with a load of bags around you and you go, I don't even remember what I bought. Right. Yeah. And then you've got buyer's remorse and you're looking at the stuff you bought and then you go, oh, I don't really want that. And then what do you do? Instead of bringing it back, you stick it in your wardrobe. And it's a constant reminder every time you walk that you touch off the tag as you flick through your clothes. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a bit of buyer's remorse I'd forgotten about. Thanks for that kind of guilt again. I have plenty of that, Owen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did not suit me. I think it was a throwback for me going to the Spice Girls a few years ago. Let's talk Streetwise, which will be coming to RTE. And you're really on the hunt for communities or streets to take part in this. It'd be lovely to see someone from the region here in the southeast doing this. And this is all about... Maybe a real post-pandemic thing because communities really did come together um, during the lockdowns. Have, yeah, haven't you hit the nail on the head? Communities did come together. And do you remember like when we were all kids and everyone was kids at different stages mm. of their life, right? Or different different eras, sorry. Mm. But I think all of us remember a time, and anyone who was an, of a decent age would remember a time where your mother or your father would send you up the road to get some... Um, Get just get a jug of milk there or get a bowl of sugar up the road off the neighbour. And that stuff has kind of disappeared, but we kind of felt, again, this is a community. We're all in this together was something we were hearing a lot of over the last couple of years. And that's what we're trying to do with Owen McGee Streetwise. People may have watched or may be familiar with the TV show I've presented for the last four years called How to Be Good With Money. Mm-hmm. And people, what people love about that and people remember, we worked with individuals or couples or families and we kind of looked at their short term and their long term goals. And I really got under the bonnet of their finances and, and really helped them out. We'll still have that in Owen McGee Streetwise. We still want to help individuals and couples and families. The difference is that we're in a very unprecedented times. And I think we need unprecedented action. We need to try and do something differently here. And what we're going to do is, is we'll work with the individuals, the couples, the families. 
but we'd like them all to live on the same street. Okay. Or we'd like so, them all to live in the same estate or the same community or whatever it is. And right? you'll focus because on what, them for the series, will you? So we're, what we're trying to do is we'll help the individuals, but then we want to bring everyone together as a community. Mm-hmm. And we want to see what power the community can bring. So maybe we're looking at bulk buying. Maybe we're looking at the woman at number or the man at number 22 loves to babysit and hates cutting their grass. Mm-hmm. But the, the family with the young kids at number 28 uh, love cutting grass but hate minding their kids. And we'll do a bit of a barter there. Yeah. Where Maybe there's the a great baker. Cut my grass. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. and we're looking, and to be honest with you, I'm not going to say we're making it up as we go along. We've loads of ideas. But until we know what the community we're working with looks like mm-hmm. and what the challenges they're facing are, like some communities... Like if we get a street right next door to the primary school, there's no point in talking about um, sharing lifts to mm-hmm. work or whatever or to, or to school or dropping kids to school in the same car or any of that. that pool, what's the car sharing? What's the word? I'm yeah, carpooling. Um, right. mm. car, carpooling, that's the word I'm looking for. There's no point in looking at carpooling if the street we have is next door to the, to the school. But if we've got one that, that really works for. So we, we, we have loads of ideas, but what we're looking for now is the community. And what I would say is, is if you're listening to this now and you're going, oh, that sounds like a nice idea, but God, I don't know my neighbours. Yeah, or Christ, I live in the depths of the countryside, you know. Yeah, we, I don't know. Well, that's that's where the community would come into it. What mm. binds you together with your neighbours? Mm-hmm. And what, what I would say is, is that don't worry about whether you know your neighbours or not. You will know them after the show, I promise, right? Um, and don't worry about, oh, I wouldn't even know how to approach. If you're saying, as an individual, I'd love to be involved in this show, get in touch with us, talk to us, and we'll help you talk to you about who else is on the street. Is there a residence association or who else is in the estate or the community or whatever it is? How? What's binding you together? And we will help you to kind of bring this, to, you can be the instigator for this for you and the community you live in. No, you might be the opposite end of it. You might be the president of the residence association mm-hmm. and you might know everyone and you say, this could be great for us. And this is what we we have a particular goal we'd love to achieve with the community. And we think if the TV show gets involved, the community will achieve it. And then we can work with you to say, okay, what individuals on the street could do with individual help, whatever about the, the, the street or the, the community itself. Yeah. So what I would say is, is we have a great concept and what anybody who has watched out to be good with money will know that that is the best opportunity you have to overcome whatever financial difficulty or financial decision and make sure you make the absolute most of your money because we throw everything at us and we have the time and the resources and the team to make sure that you get the best outcome you could possibly get. And we will still give that to the individuals and couples and families, but we want to go one step bigger bigger and do the community as well. Brilliant. Well, it is called Streetwise, Own McGee's Streetwise. If you think your street or your community would be interested in getting involved, if you just want to get some information and go to that one step, you can email Helen at streetwise at indiepix.ie. That is Helen and her email is streetwise at indiepix.ie. Owen, thanks so much for talking to me and best of luck with everything with the new series. Thank you very much. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's a Sunday morning and you are listening to The Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103. Well, if you're looking for some volunteering and I know as we head towards September, it's kind of like a new year. People like to think of doing something different. Well, the Big Brother, Big Sister mentoring programme might be for you. It's an interesting concept. And to tell us more, Kate Carroll from Faroga is on the line. You're very welcome. 
Thank you, Orla. Good morning. Good morning to you. Now, this is an interesting concept. And I, I, I think that we hear a lot about how important it is for younger people to have someone like maybe outside their immediate family might be an aunt or uncle that they can turn to. So this is kind of like the same concept, is it? Absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. Um, I suppose in youth work, like uh, as workers, we do lots of training and we always talk about having one good adult um, and that makes such a difference for a young person. So big brother, big sister is is akin to that. Um, it, the programme is about matching a caring adult volunteer in the community to a young person. Um, and the whole idea is that they form a friendship. Okay. Uh, how do they do this? They meet once a week and they do activities that they both enjoy. Could be okay, going for a walk or getting a hot chocolate or kicking a ball. Lovely. And what age is that young person usually? Uh, so young people can join the programme between the ages of 10 and 18. They okay. kind of age out at 18. But um, yeah, we've... Where are these people, you know, the young people, why are they joining this programme usually? Um, they may, as you mentioned earlier, like want another person outside of their peer group or their family group to go and do something with and have that person for them. They might express... I suppose a parent might say, oh, look, you know, they're they're great, but, you know, maybe they could do with a bit more confidence. Um, so the, the big brother or the big sister might help them along and set them little tasks about, right, we're going in for a coffee, you're going to order your hot chocolate, you know, and, and build them up like that. It might seem quite simple, but it's really effective and it gives them the chance to practice those skills kind of mm. in a safe environment. And what kind of people do you find volunteer? Like, are they thinking towards a career or do they just want to give back? What sort of people are doing the volunteering in this? Oh, we have such an eclectic bunch. Um, they're amazing. It's any age, really, from, from 18 up. Um, some are looking at it, like you said, for experience for a future career. Some might have nieces and nephews that live far away and they kind of miss them. So they want to have that input here as well. Um, others just have a genuine interest in young people mm. and maybe feel, God, I could have done with this myself growing up. Um, so I really want to give that ear or that hour to the, the young person. And they're from all kinds of backgrounds. You like you don't have to have a youth work background, you don't have to have a social care background. Um, a genuine interest in young people and an openness to, you know, being their friend mm. is, the, is where was a great starting point. And is there any training involved once you decide you'd like to volunteer? Yeah, look, Feroiga um, is a national youth organization and we're very passionate and we're very um, protective of our young people. Um, we want to make sure that they are matched with the best person possible. So the intake process for the volunteers um, is, it's a long one in that, you know, I'm doing my best to get to know them as well as possible. So I know what their hobbies, interests are and what their life experiences are. And in that way, I can match them to a young person who might be going through something similar that the adult experienced previously mm-hmm. in their life and they can provide support that way. So there, there's a lot to it. So, yeah, there's there's guard vetting and reference checks. Um, there's an interview with myself, again, to find out, you know, their outlook on life and hobbies and interests and whatever they're into. Um, and then there is training yeah, around the role, like what is your role as a mentor? What is it not? Um, and then child protection training as well, in mm. the, the just in case something happens that they know what to do and mm. that they know they are well supported by Feroiga as an organisation. Of course. And that's interesting, Kate. What is it not? What, what are you not in that hour once a week? 
you're not a taxi driver. You're not a taxi driver. You're not a parent. Okay. You know, you're yeah. the older friend. You okay. know what I mean? And we say that jokingly, but it's to define, I suppose, where the boundaries are. Mm. Look, you're not their parent. You're not their teacher. You might teach them a skill, mm-hmm. but you're there as, I suppose, one of my volunteers went, I suppose I'm like the responsible friend. And I went, yes, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and have um, you seen people who have taken part in the Big Brother, Big Sister programme who have been the kid then go on to volunteer in this? Now, I'm only in my role in Kilkenny okay. since January 2021. But yeah, across the country, um, I was speaking to my manager a few months ago and she said, so lovely, a young person that she used to work with that she had matched on the programme is now 22 or 3. And she's coming back to be a big sister oh, now because lovely. she found it so beneficial. Oh, that's she just loved it. Yeah. So once a week is what you're committing to. Um, and it kind of ends when that young person becomes 18. I, I, I'm sure they end up with a relationship that they're friends so they see each other at other times usually, is it? Yeah, so the initial commitment is for a year. Uh-huh. Um, so if, if they're 10, you might be signed up till they're 11. But it doesn't have to finish after a year. Okay. But we, I suppose we like to say, look, you're signed up to this for a year. It gives people a good chance to get to know each other, um, you know, get comfortable with each other and really build that friendship. Um, if, they, if maybe the volunteer is moving away after a year or suddenly has more work commitments or study commitments or, you know, things change. Um it's to step away. And then the young person isn't, I suppose, disappointed going, oh gosh, they didn't like me. Mm. Um, they're leaving. It's like they know that there is an expectation that it might finish after a year. Okay. But lots and lots of the matches go on. Like some I know have gone the eight years across the country, lovely. which is lovely, you know. Yeah, really yeah, lovely. And, and really important as well for young people at an age where life changes a lot between those ages of 10 and 18, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> Like yeah. it's yeah, it's such a such a big time. Yeah, it really is. Well, that's the Big Brother Big Sister Youth Mentoring Program. And um, Kate is in Kilkenny, but as she said, it's across the country. So of course, it's across the southeast as well. Uh, probably the best place to go for more information is the Faroga website. And if you search for Big Brother Big Sister or it's Faroga dot ie bbbs is the forward slash as well. Have you a closing date on this, or is it ongoing, Kate? This is ongoing. Okay. We always have young people who want to get involved in the programme. So the more adults we have involved, the more young people we can match them with. Brilliant. You know, and with more young people can match. Yeah. Are you looking for specific skills? What if you're someone who just likes to watch lots of television and play PlayStation? Are, are you OK with that too? We'll, we will find a young person, I'm sure. OK, I'm <laughs> would, sure would you match will. the criteria. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it is. It's that's great. Thanks, Orla. Lovely, Kate. That is ie forward slash BBBS. And of course, BBBS stands for Big Brother, Big Sister. And that's the Big Brother, Big Sister mentoring program. Thanks a million, Kate. Thank you so much for having me on. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Across the southeast, it is Beat 102-103 on this Sunday morning. And Ted X returns to the National Opera House in Wexford Town this coming Thursday with some great speakers after a number of cancellations. Thanks to the C word. No, I don't mean Christmas. You know what I mean. It's the third year of Ted X coming to Wexford. And the theme this year is Turn the Tide. Denise Whitmore is the curator. And she joins me on the Sunday Grill with more details. And you've always been the creator, haven't you, Denise? I talked to you about this a few years ago, pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I brought this back 
um, it's a number of years ago, actually. Yes, it's the third event, but not the third year no. or such. So we have had to, um, like you said, we have had to uh, reschedule a couple of times. Yeah, of but we course. got there in the end. Like Marla, so many people. There. Yeah, this seems to be the year that things are coming back. So it's good to see that TEDx is back in Wexford as well. T- tell us about TEDx. What, do, what does it mean to you? I know people know about TED Talks, but what is TEDx? Yeah, so I suppose, well, TEDx originally does come from, like you said, the TED Talks, you know. So the TED Talks are it all about um, technology, entertainment and design started in 1984, all about ideas worth spreading. The talks are very similar. There's always a red carpet. It's no self-promotion. It's all about, um, you know, engaging speakers, trying to present uh, interesting ideas in the most innovative and and engaging way as uh, as such. And Past speakers for TED have been the likes of um, Bill Clinton and Elon Musk and Pope Francis. I actually did a talk a couple of years ago as well. So the TEDx part of that then are is basically independent organizers around the around the world who bring this TED-like event to their local town. So I'm bringing TED Talks as such to Wexford and it's called then because it's independently organized, it's TEDx and okay. that's kind of the, the background. Okay. Um, and your theme this year is Turn the Tide. What does that mean to you, Turn the Tide? Well, I kind of thought, I suppose, during COVID and, and after COVID, I saw a lot of businesses, you know, um, pivot and uh, not just businesses, but actually people looking at their own personal lives. And I think it really made people look at what they actually want to get out of their lives. You know, not like I said, not just business, but personally as well. So and the way people decided to turn things around for themselves. So I just liked this idea of turn the tide, how we can actually turn something into maybe at first it looks negative but how we can actually turn this around to be something positive okay and the people that are talking at the TEDx event are people who really are focusing on that theme I'm thinking in particular of Ibrahim um, Halawa who's a human rights activist you know what I'd forgotten that he had spent four years in prison uh, in Egypt when he was just 17 I'd forgotten that it was a full four years yeah, I think he's actually probably one of the first speakers um, that uh, was announced. I'm really excited about his talk. Yeah, as a 17 year old, four years in prison. And and I think I, it was it was all over the media for a while. And then like lots of things, it was forgotten about. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to his his talk and actually his experience. Yeah, a couple of other really interesting speakers actually from Wexford as well. Um, we've got uh, Trina Cleary. Uh-huh. We've had her on lots here on the Sunday Grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's going to be a really interesting speaker. So Um, she'll be talking about her breast cancer uh, journey, will she? Okay. Very much, yeah. I mean, like like you said, you've had her on before. She normalizes the the topic of breast cancer. Mm Ryan Margolin is a business leader and entrepreneur. He sold over $40 million of products globally. Wow. He's and he's Wexford based really as well, is he? He's Wexford, yeah. Um, Owen Ryan is the founder of the Wexford Triathlon Club. And uh, I don't think he's based in Wexford, but um, he was obviously for, for a mm-hmm. long time. And he is the author of a book called Trawled. And it's about his adventure on a fishing trawler in Australia and how it turned drastically wrong okay. and ended up being a struggle to stay alive. Wow. So that could be a really interesting talk as well. Okay, good um, stuff. So lots of different things yeah. on. And how does it work then? Is it a whole load of talks on the night or can you go to different events? So it's one event. Okay. It's on uh, the Thursday night at 7pm. Doors will be open at about 8 o'clock, or sorry, 6 o'clock. Um, and... 
Um, it's the the format of the event is we would have uh you know I think three or four speakers, then a little break, and then the the remaining speakers. Each talk will only go on for um 18 minutes it cannot oh, okay. that's a kind of a yeah it's it's a it's a ted rule as such that no mm. talks can actually go longer than than 18 minutes um and yeah that that's basically it. it the whole purpose of it is i suppose to get discussions going and to be a bit kind of thought provoking mm-hmm. some talks might be pushing some um pushing little boundaries and and uh, you know like i said just to get the um ideas worth spreading and and, and to be really thought provoking i guess okay good stuff and if you want to check out some of the previous tedx wexford talks they're on youtube and on your on the facebook page which is tedx wexford so people can really get a sense of what happens at a tedx talk Exactly. Yeah. Some of our videos have gone like they've they have serious amount of views on, on YouTube. I mean, I know uh, Mary Reynolds, um, her talk, I think, has currently about 28,000 views wow. on, on YouTube. And what YouTube. did she talk about? Um, it's all about gardening. She actually did her talk on her bare feet. It was really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I had no idea she was going to do that. And she walked out on her bare feet on stage. Um, but yeah, no, f- fabulous talk. So just if you search for TEDx Wexford on, on uh, YouTube, you'll see all the past videos and it will give people an idea then of what to expect on the evening. OK, good stuff. That is this coming Thursday. It is TEDx Wexford in the National Opera House, which is a gorgeous venue to be in. And that's where you will get tickets as well. If you just check out the National Opera House website. You can book your tickets there for the event on the night, which is this coming Thursday. And then the Facebook page and social media platforms are TEDx Wexford. Easy to find. Denise, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Movie time. And Brian has not one but two movies for us this week. If you've been wondering why Brad Pitt has been out and about in some fairly over-the-top coloured suits, have you seen his suits? It, I, thought, I thought they were pretty nice, to be fair. God, I didn't. Really? No, not at all. Oh, I'll cancel my order, so. <laughs> you have the colouring to wear a nice mustardy yellow suit, I think, because your hair is a mustardy yellow. Yeah, I know. The purple shampoo, I'm out of it. So it's, it's gonna It's gonna, gone a bit... Differently coloured, let's say I was going to, there's a different word to describe it, but I don't think I'm allowed to say it. (laughs) Well, Brad Pitt is on the press train at the moment for Bullet Train. Now, here's the blurb. (laughs) Five wacky assassins find themselves on a Japanese bullet train from Tokyo to Kyoto in a violent action comedy. It's been described as hyperactive and the movie contains, among others, choreographed fights, cameos and a bloody thrifty Brit. Who's that? Probably Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay, and some Sandra Bullock in there as well. Um, what did Brian think? He'll tell us after this. Talk to me. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. Okay, so this is directed by David Leach, who, like, he hasn't had the greatest of careers. He did Atomic Blonde. Do you remember that with Charlie Theron? Yeah, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and then he did Deadpool, but not Deadpool 1, but Deadpool Deadpool 2. Um, And then he did a weird spin-off of Fast and Furious that, People would probably say, that's not weird, Orla. Hobbs and Shaw, it was called. Yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that one now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his last big 
So how would we describe his movies? Kind of quirky, I suppose, in what he does, and eclectic. They're, they're very actioning. He he uh, directed John Wick as well, which is like one of the best action choreographed movies of the last like like ten years, I'd say, really. And okay, okay. Um, but he has done like Deadpool two. It wasn't as good as the first one. I feel like the first one was just so good. The second one really couldn't keep up. With. I still enjoyed it though. I remember seeing it a couple of times and thinking it was good. Yeah. Atomic Blonde as well. There was. Oh, that was there's like a 14 minute fight scene in it. Oh yeah, that's the one that Charlie's Theron really trained. Yeah, for. and you can mm. like basically feel their exhaustion as the fight goes through because one of those fights are pretty physically intensive. Yeah, I can so imagine. by the end of it, they're basically just on the ground, absolutely knackered from it. So okay. it, it is. He does do really good action movies. So it, this is another movie with lots of those choreographed yeah, fights. The fights are it. really good. Okay, really bli- violent though. I hear like I won't be going to see it, it or if I am, I will, will not be watching it. Maybe I'm just completely desensitized. I didn't I even mind that much. Okay, uh, it, do you know like a movie like a snatcher, like a Guy Ritchie type movie. Yeah. it really reminds me of that. Okay, it had that yeah. kind of premise. Like in part of the clips that I watched, he does a thing with a knife at someone's hand, and I had to turn away from it. It was so horrific. Okay, yeah, no, well there is, yeah. If okay. you don't like that, then. There's a lot of, but the the amount of times like a new character comes into it, and like it's just like out of nowhere, massive actor, and you're like, oh my god, what the hell? It like there's people pop up all over the place, people die all over the place. Okay. You never know who's gonna survive to the end of it. And I've heard as well that there's even people who pop up who aren't even mentioned in the credits. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and and they're great. It's there's I don't want to even say the majority of the people that are in the movie. Whoever's on the poster is not it. That's okay. that, there's more. And am I giving it away a bit by saying Sandra Bullock? Although everyone seems to mention the fact that Sandra Bullock is in this. Yeah, so she's in the trailer, which was okay. kind of annoying because she doesn't show up until the very end of it. Ah. So she's supposed to be like this end of a uh, reveal. So this okay. is probably spoilers, probably. Mm. But it's it, because I knew, I knew, like, cause she's kind of the, the voice in his ear the whole mm. movie. And you're kind of waiting to, like, you're waiting to see who it is, but you know, like, I knew who it was and I didn't even see the trailer for it. So it's like. It's, it was revealed earlier on, so it was a small bit ruined. And do you think that's an element of Sandra Bullock's speed versus Bullet Train? Do you think there was kind of elements of that in it? That's why they wanted her voice? There probably was, but I think as well, uh, Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock were in The Lost City together mm. earlier on this year. So there was an element of a reunion of that okay. happening as well. And they like. very are 1990s megastars, yeah. aren't they? Early noughties. There's people of different fames from all over the generation. It's okay. actually... It's great. Like okay. even, some people are even just in it for like two jokes, Brilliant. but it's it's great. Like you know, Aaron Taylor Johnson in it as well as you said earlier, who is yeah. the king of the choreographed fight too from stuff that he's done in the past. Well, as well. he was he's been in the MCU as Quicksilver as well. So mm-hmm. it is it, he was he was the most kind of Guy Ritchie character if that makes sense. Okay. Himself and Brian Tyree Henry are kind of this pair, and they're absolute fools. Do you know, like in a Shakespeare thing, I'm comparing mm-hmm. it to Shakespeare, but there's there's like the two fools are chatting away, and they just they're assassins as well. So what, what's the premise of it before we move on to the next movie? Is Brad, Brad Pitt is the main character? Is he looking he for something in particular on this bullet train? There's a suitcase on the bullet train that he has to collect and take okay. off it again. But and before he, he can do that, he's stopped by everybody else. And all those other people are assassins. Yeah, they're all trying to kill to each other essentially. Okay, weird. Let's give it some black puddings. I give it like an eight out of okay. ten. I really, I it was just fun. Do you mean it's 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 set up as an action thriller, so you think it's more going to be more intense, but. If you just sit, it's one of those movies, you just sit back, you have popcorn, you go with your friends. It's going to be a fun movie to see. Okay, good stuff. I'm really glad to hear that because I read two reviews in preparing for this and they were horrific about it. They were very turned off by it. I I thought it was fun. It it wasn't, I thought it was going to be a small bit better, to be fair. Okay. But because I think Brad Pitt is top tier, like, you know. Love him. So I was kind of expecting a small bit more, but I feel like when you go in and you you hear a massive actor, you might think it's going to be more dramatic. 
whereas he is kind of playing a more comical role. He is the fool in it, like so. Okay. Uh, he's completely in the dark to most of what's going on in the entire movie. As and well. I love him in Born After Burn, even after reading. Yeah, love it. That sort of a thing. Are we talking about? He is. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of a bit of a bit of a fool. Okay. Uh, eight black puddings out of ten for Bullet Train. It is the massive movie of the week, and it is out now. Now let's move on to a smaller Irish movie with a really coup of a main star. It's called Joyride, and Olivia Coleman stars as Joy in the Joyride. Let's have a listen, and then Brian will tell us what he thought. Riots. Money. You need to come back now. I need that money. Money. a plane to catch. You're going to come with me and help look after the baby. In return, I won't press charges. How is she there? She's fine. Well, how do you know if you won't check? Because she's giving me a little thumbs up. We'll play question for question, but you have to tell the truth. You can't be arsed to fight, would you? What's the baby's name? Robin. My name's Joy. I know, false advertising. Not the bringer of Joy, apparently. <laughs> OK, um, this looks great, I have to say. It did, oh. <laughs> Brian. You ruin everything. I know it. It's, it was it was a weird movie because okay. I really wanted to like it, <laughs> but I just I couldn't. Do you know what I mean? There was okay. just there was something stopping me from just really really enjoying myself. I don't know if it's just the case we we've seen it so many times before. Maybe I've just been burned out from seeing the same kind of thing. But it it didn't really. It, it, I feel like it could have gone further and and like really delve deeper. It kind of just went over the same kind of things a couple of times. Okay, so this is about a, l- a woman called Joy, who is yeah. Olivia Coleman, who has a new baby. Yeah. And kind of escapes She's, from life. She doesn't really want the new baby. Okay. And then she runs into Molly, who's stealing... Well, so it's basically... R- Molly's mother died, is the premise. And mm-hmm. then his they were raising money for, like, a cancer charity. And then his father stole the money. Okay. He stole the money back off the father and did a runner. Hopped into this random taxi, and there was this woman asleep in the back seat, and also a baby. Oh! And then it's just the two of them kind of escaping, and just like, kind of running off, and just kind of she wants to drop off the baby at her sister's house because she doesn't really want the baby, and it's just like kind of it's kind of a a, a buddy comedy mm. road trip kind of a movie, but it's set over the course of really a day and a half, I suppose. Okay. Uh, anything you liked about it? I did like like it. It felt authentically Irish, but it did. Definitely go on the diddly D side of things as oh. well, like you know, you know yeah, how we feel did, about the diddly yeah, D side, side of diddly things. D's, like yeah. it, it's set in Kerry for a change, which is nice and it's different from Dublin, honestly. That, yeah, but, but if they're going to choose anything in the countryside when it's yeah. Ireland, it always has to be Kerry. Come it to does. Wexford, but you it, know? yeah, like the the views they go are beautiful. It's by a lake. It's it's gorgeous. Like I don't know, the thing about Ireland is the the. There's a lot of places that aren't great, and I think those mm. are the most Irish, like you know. And I know you didn't like Deadly Cuts, but I liked that about Deadly Cuts. Yeah, it was just know? some housing estate, yeah. like yeah, yeah. But um, that that was a cool element because you got to see what genu- like a genuine mm-hmm. Irish experience is like. Yeah, this just it just felt like there was too many things he had to excuse because it was a movie, if that makes sense. Like okay. he he steals a taxi and then no one really comes after him. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I know, I know the fella, it'll be fine. So yeah. It's like, okay, That's very enough, Irish. But I know the fella. <laughs> yeah, but it, there is a lot of that, kind of that. It's like, oh yeah, I know your man and I know your mother and I know your father and stuff like that. But it just, <laughs> it it feels like it's retreading the same kind of ground that's okay. been tried already before. All right, let's black pudding joyride. I gave it like a six out of ten though. It isn't, okay. it isn't terrible, but I did, I, I did enjoy parts of it, but it just, there was parts of it that are just, I don't know. 
Okay. Grand. Grand is what I call it. Grand. Joyride, six out of ten black puddings out now, limited enough for release. And then the big one this week is Bullet Train, and that is eight black puddings from our Brian out of ten. Goodbye, Brian. Thank you Bye. very much. No bother, the Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.